0: Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and thank you for joining us again. Today's focus is going to be on a particular band and some of the personnel of that band was active in california from the middle 1920s up through well, really the middle 1930s although uh the recordings pretty much end with 1929 1930 thereabouts and this band was led by a drummer curtis mosby curtis mosby uh was born in 1895 in kansas city and uh, he went on the road fairly early he ended up in chicago during the world war one years uh, he made the acquaintance of a number of the New Orleans uh, expatriate musicians in Chicago and learned the style of drumming that uh, went along with that style of music and uh, refined it further to, to fit into dance bands. He was really a dance band leader more than any. Uh, after a couple of years there, by the early 1920s, uh, by maybe 1920 itself, he was out on the West Coast. He first went to Oakland and then he ended up in the Los Angeles area and he put together uh, a band. He also had played with Jill. Uh, Roll Morton out there, and uh, came to be known as quite an effective jazz drummer. And the bands he started putting together were, as I said, uh, generally... concerned with dance music. Of course, uh, this was a time when uh, the jazz era was just getting underway, and Los Angeles, being a hot spot of the movie industry, had a lot of money to burn out there, and African-American bands became quite popular in the clubs out there. Some of them had African themes, as the Cotton Club did in New York, and uh, Curtis Mosby and his band were um, very uh, popular in that style. Uh, He uh, played at a club called... Uh, Solomon's uh, that was actually a a long-term engagement for him. He was uh, there throughout most of the 1920s and he was given the opportunity to record. We're going to be hearing just about all of his recordings. We're not going to do the um, alternate takes so much, but all the studio recordings we're going to hear. Uh, Mosby's band was also very active in the movie studios. And uh, if you've ever seen King Vidor's movie Hallelujah from 1929 or so, it was advertised as the first all-black uh, cast production. And it wasn't really, but it uh, that was the, the way it was billed. And it had a very large cast of African-American actors and singers and dancers, including Nina Mae McKinney. Uh, Daniel Haynes, and uh, it's considered a classic in the genre. And it featured Curtis Mosby's band several points in the film, doing um, uh, work at the dance hall scene. Uh, you can actually see Curtis Mosby doing some fancy stick work on his drums and "Tiger Rag." Um, they also played some of their own numbers that they recorded, including the um, "Blue Blowers Blues." This band was also featured in a number of short subjects that were made by Al Christie, who was a white filmmaker out on the West Coast, and he did a series of all-black short films that were based on the tales of Octavius Roy Cohen. And um, many of these featured Spencer Williams, not the New Orleans composer, but the actor who later became known for his role in Amos and Andy. And uh, the Mosby Band was featured quite a bit in those films, so if you go into YouTube and dig those out, i um, tell you a little bit more about those later, you can see quite a bit of uh, this band that we're going to be hearing today. So we're going to start out with a session that um, Mosby's band did in October of 1927 for Columbia. Curtis Mosby and his Dixieland Blue Blowers was how it was booked. We have uh, sort of a medium-sized band, James Porter on trumpet, Ashford Hardy on trombone. Both of those were, fellows were um, regular um, regular musicians in the uh, Mosby uh, orbit for uh, this late period in the 1920s and both of them were excellent soloists. In the Reed section, we're going to hear Bumps Myers on tenor sax. Myers uh, was really kind of a legendary West Coast musician. He didn't uh, travel to the East Coast much, if at all. He stayed out in the West, uh, where he recorded with a number of the um, bands out there, including some traveling bands, like the one led by Benny Carter in the 1940s. He was considered an exceptional musician and a very fine soloist, and we'll hear him at the beginning of his career here. On altos and clarinets, and we're not exactly sure who did what, we have Charles Height and Leo Davis. And we'll hear some very good New Orleans-style clarinet playing and some good uh, period alto as well. On violin, we have a fellow named Atwell Rose, who was an early jazz violinist, very good player. Henry Starr was on piano and vocals, and he is going to be featured uh, in the middle set uh, doing some solo piano. And we'll tell you a little bit more about him then. He was maybe the outstanding musician in this band at the time. Thomas Valentine was on banjo. Someone named Perkins was on tuba, or brass bass, uh, and he is very well featured on several of these numbers, which we'll hear coming up. And then, of course, Curtis Mosby on drums. We're going to hear uh, three tunes by this group right off the bat. We're going to hear The Weary Stomp, which was really The Weary Blues by Artie Matthews. there were two takes of this done. One was called The Weary Stomp, and then the test take was called The Weary Blues. Same arrangement, but we're going to hear the release take. Then we're going to hear In My Dreams, I'm Jealous of You, a tune by uh, Leon, Otis, and Rene. Um, this was the, uh, a songwriting team out on the West Coast that uh, brought you such favorites as When It's Sleepy Time Down South, and they own their own recording company out there as well. Then we're going to switch to the first recording this band made. It was a test for a company that we don't know uh, much about. In fact, we don't know anything about it. And so this might have been just a vanity pressing for Curtis Mosby that miraculously um, survived the years and was discovered in the late 1990s. And we're going to hear Hoagy Carmichael's Riverboat Shuffle and then All Night Blues. And this is by a slightly different band from 1924 to 25, so two three years earlier. We're going to hear Harry Barker on Trumpet. Lloyd Allen on trombone, Herschel Brassfield on clarinet and soprano sax and alto. He was a very well-known African-American minstrel musician, toured in tent shows and so forth, made some recordings with Jelly Roll Morton and some others as well. We're going to hear Henry Starr again on piano, Fred Vaughn on banjo, and Curtis Mosby on drums. So, interesting little group there. So those are our first five tunes. The Mosby Dixieland Blueblowers from 1927, Weary Stomp, In My Dreams I'm Jealous of You, and Whoop em Up, and then we're going to hear the earlier Mosby's Dixieland Blue Blowers from, river, uh, from 1924 or 25 doing the Riverboat Shuffle and All Night Blues. <laughs> Some good vintage jazz from two different periods of the 1920s. We finished up with Mosby's Dixieland Blue Blowers, playing Riverboat Shuffle and All Night Blues. Small group performances largely, obviously influenced by... Um, I don't know about so much the King Oliver Band, but maybe some of the early Jelly Roll Morton recordings, and also uh, probably the uh, New Orleans Rhythm Kings recordings as well. We believe those were recorded in Los Angeles. Uh, As I said, Mosby was in residence at the Solomon Club and different places in that area for most of the decade, or from the 1923-24 time period up through the early 30s. We heard Harry Barker on trumpet, Lloyd Allen on trombone, Herschel Brassfield on soprano sax on all night blues Uh, It sounded a little like a clarinet but I believe it was a soprano and also alto and clarinet on riverboat shuffle we heard Henry Starr on piano more of him coming up Fred Vaughn was a very showy banjo player as you can see from some of the film appearances and Curtis Mosby on drums and uh, those were done as I said some point during 1924 to 25 based on the tune selection And we uh, started out with a session for Columbia from October of 1927 featuring an almost entirely different band except for Henry Starr on piano who also sings on one tune. We're going to hear James Porter on trumpet. We did hear James Porter on trumpet and Ashford Hardy on trombone. Uh, Charles Haidt and Leo Davis playing clarinet and alto. Not entirely sure who does what in there but one does one, one does the other. Bumps Myers definitely playing tenor sax there. Atwell Rose on violin. Thomas Valentine on banjo, someone named Perkins on tuba, and Curtis Mosby on drums. And we started out with a version of the Weary Blues that they called the Weary Stomp, very very uh, lively performance with a lot of solo breaks. Obviously, this was an arrangement, although uh, from the looseness of how it's being played, you have to wonder if maybe it was a, uh, a, a a head arrangement and with little or nothing written out. Then we heard Henry Starr singing on a pop tune by... Um, The Rene's, uh, Rene Brothers, In My Dreams I'm Jealous of You, and uh, a nice sweet performance of that. I may have misattributed their names, Leon and Otis Rene, and they were actually an interesting brother duo who were born in New Orleans. I uh, had music training, although I believe they worked outside of the music industry uh, for the most part. Uh, they relocated from New Orleans to the West Coast, the Los Angeles area, I guess, in the middle 1920s, and they started writing songs together, including, as I said... Um, when It's Sleepy Time Down South, and the tune we just heard, In My Dreams, I'm Jealous of You. Later on, they became forces in the uh, Los Angeles music industry. They founded a couple of different recording labels, uh, Exclusive and Excelsior, that were early uh, uh, participants in the rhythm and blues movement out there. So following that, we heard Whoop em Up Blues by someone named Barnett, and they um, those uh, three tunes, The Weary Stop, In My Dreams I'm Jealous of You, and whoop em up Blues, really show this dance band and show band that Curtis Mosby led at its best. And as I said, they can be seen on a number of uh, film clips on YouTube, uh, some of those Al Christie films, as well as Hallelujah, uh, the 29 film done by King Vidor. So you can get a sense of what they were like. They were obviously very well-respected professionals as well to have been so busy in the music studios. There's one more tune from that October 1927 session. We're going to start out the third set with that one. That's their tried-and-true version of Tiger Rag, which they call Tiger Stomp. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. So for this next set, we're going to feature Henry Starr, who was born in Washington, D.C. in 19 or 1899. He may have been a, a friend of Duke Ellington at the time, although uh, he apparently moved to the West Coast uh, as a youngster. He didn't play professionally in uh, D.C., although he later on became good friends with Ellington and uh, occasionally... Uh, appeared uh, opposite his band and did some different things, but most of his career, uh, at least in the 1920s into the early 30s, was spent on the West Coast. A little later on, he went to England. He spent a number of years there doing a cabaret act with uh, the singer Ivan Browning, and uh, after coming back to the United States, he did some work outside the music industry, but periodically recorded and did club dates as well. He was uh, featured on a couple of, uh, actually three, uh, solo piano recording sessions during the 1920s. We're going to hear the results of those three sessions, only four tunes. The first one is called Blue Eyes by Clayton and Keller. This was done in 1928, was released on the Flexo label, which was one of those West Coast labels that uh, made some fine recordings and then dropped off the face of the earth pretty quickly. He's going to be uh, singing on that as well. Then, uh, a little bit later, at least halfway through 1928, also for Flexo, we're going to hear two tunes. We're going to hear the Jelly Roll Morton tune, Froggy More Rag, which uh, here is titled Mr. Froggy and then the James P. Johnson composition, Willow Tree, so both of those tunes. I should also mention that Henry Starr was uh, uh, a friend of Jelly Roll Morton's when Morton was out on the West Coast, and he apparently subbed for him at different times. Then we're going to finish up that short set with a tune called When I'm Walking With My Sweetness, better known as Down Among the Sugar Cane, by DeRose, Tobias, and Claire. And uh, that was done in February of 1929 and was released on Columbia. And, uh, was probably done uh, as part of the last Curtis Mosby session which we'll be getting to in the third set so that's what we have here Henry starr piano and vocal featured on four numbers from 28 and 29 blue eyes mr. froggy aka froggy more rag willow tree and down among the sugarcane <laughs>
1: Asked my way, you were happy, for your eyes were smiling.
0: But today I
1: see you feel differently, and our eyes tell me that you're sighing. Blue eyes in trouble again. Blue eyes, I'm sorry, but then it's all in the game i wouldn't worry blue eyes when you're in love blue skies won't always be up above tomorrow you'll wake up again and smiles will be in your blue eyes Bye. 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 And I wouldn't worry, blue eyes, when you're in love, blue skies won't always be up above, tomorrow you'll wake up again, and smiles will be in your blue eyes. I'm all asleep, that's when you see Somebody and me Walking through a quiet little lane To a field of sugar cane It may not be rosy Still it's nice and cozy I mean it What a wonderful feeling More than I can explain When well, I'm walking with my sweetness Down among sugar cane, If the moon comes a-stealing I will never complain when well, I'm walking with my sweetness down among the sugar cane. Little stars are winking, winking down on us from above. We know what they're thinking. While we're making love,
0: they're jealous.
1: There'll be goodles of kisses more than I can explain when well, I'm walking with my sweetness down among the sugar cane. can always find me where sweetness always fills the air just going along and singing a song nightly with the sugar hand in hand anyone can understand the reason I'm happy who wouldn't be happy I mean it what a wonderful feeling more than I can explain when I'm walking with my sweetness down among the sugar cane if the moon comes a-stealing, I will never complain when I'm walking with my sweetness down among sugar cane. Little stars are winking, winking down on us from above. We know what they're thinking while we're making law Or they're jealous. There'll be oodles of kisses more than I can explain when I'm walking with my sweetness down among sugar cane.
0: So that's a reminder that there were some really exceptional players uh, active in parts of the country that weren't New York or Chicago or even New Orleans. Henry Starr... They're on piano and vocals. He started out with a uh, vocal and uh, piano performance of Blue Eyes, and we finished up with Down Among the Sugarcane. Very compelling performance. He must have been a, a very fine entertainer uh, to see live, as we can imagine. And in between there, we heard two piano solos. Uh, Mr. Froggy, a.k.a. Froggy Moore, one of the fastest versions of that you're ever going to hear, followed by the James P. Johnson Willow Tree, a very atmospheric tune that... Um, Johnson and Waller had recorded not too long before that. Um, Froggy Moore, of course, was a Jelly Roll Morton composition, and Henry Starr there shows off some significant piano technique, maybe not quite on the cutting edge of Stride Piano, a little bit earlier influence, sort of in the same ballpark as Jelly Roll Morton, Uh, maybe a little bit more progressive than UB Blake, but definitely with his feet well anchored in the ragtime era. So we're going to finish up with a set of tunes that were done, again, by Curtis Mosby and his Dixieland Blue Blowers from 1927, 1928, and 1929. This was the period when they were doing those sound films. We're going to uh, finish the October 1927 session that we started earlier with the Tiger Stomp, a.k.a. Tiger Rag. This is the second take. Uh, There were three takes released on Columbia, and uh, they were all good, all same arrangement, but all very different solos. And again, we're going to hear James Porter on trumpet, Ashford Hardy on trombone. Charles Haidt and Leo Davis on clarinet and alto, or alto and clarinet, not sure who does what. Bumps Myers does some very interesting early tenor sax playing. Atwell Rose on violin, Henry Starr on piano, Thomas Valentine on banjo, and uh, the mysterious Perkins on tuba, along with the leader, Curtis Mosby on drums. Then we're going to jump over to another Columbia session uh, from March 28th of 1928. Apparently the October session was a good enough seller that uh, Columbia brought them back into the studio. We're going to hear uh, a similar group. Uh, Charlie Lawrence will be playing clarinet and alto. Uh, Les Height is on clarinet and alto as well. I don't know if Les Height and Charles Height are in fact the same person. Um, But at any rate, Les Height had his own band a little bit later. We're also going to hear, again, Bumps Myers. We're going to hear a steel guitar on one of these tunes, which uh, might be Andy Iona, uh, the Hawaiian guitar player, because he and his group recorded at the same time, and he might have been just hanging around and invited to sit in. We have a violinist who is not Ashford, or not Atwell Rose rather, some other violinist who plays here. Walter Johnson on piano, replacing Henry Starr. Fred Vaughn, again on banjo, and this time an unknown tuba player. And we're going to hear two tunes. We're going to hear the Blue Blower's Blues, credited to Curtis Mosby. This is a tune you can hear on some of those films, uh, as background music. And then the Hardy Stop, which was uh, composed suitably by Ashford Hardy on trombone. There's some good solos there. Then we're going to do the last two tunes of this band recorded from January of 1929, again for Columbia. The same band except a uh, different trombone player, Country Allen on trombone and an unknown vocalist uh, who is going to sing on another um, Otis and uh, Leon René tune called Between You and Me and the Deep Blue Sea, uh, an attempt to crack the Tin Pan Alley market here. And then Louisiana Bobo. So those are our five tunes to finish up our Curtis Mosby discography here. Tiger Rag, a.k.a., well, it is a.k.a. Tiger Rag. It was known as Tiger Stomp uh, from October of 1927. Then Blue Blower's Blues and Hardy Stomp from March of 1928. And then Between You and Me and the Deep Blue Sea and Louisiana Bobo from January of 1929, Curtis Mosby and his Dixieland Blue Blowers. (音楽) ¶¶ Some good territory jazz from the Los Angeles area, 1927, 8, and 9. We started out with the Tiger Stomp. Tiger Rag, and uh, all the bands from this period had to have a version of Tiger Rag in their book. If you watch those early Vitaphone shorts that feature various bands, black and white, male and female, they seemed all to play Tiger Rag. It was a big showpiece, and there were several sort of all-purpose arrangements that were used for our bands that didn't improvise. That's uh, not this band, which uh, has some very good soloists in it. James Porter on trumpet, Ashford Hardy on trombone, Uh, Charles, possibly less height, and Leo Davis on clarinet and alto saxes. Bumps Myers, a really fine tenor sax player. Atwell Rose on violin. Henry Starr on piano. Uh... Somebody Perkins on tuba, Curtis Mosby on drums, and Thomas Valentine on banjo. Thomas Valentine was from New Orleans. He had been one of the New Orleans musicians who migrated west to the Los Angeles area in the early 20s or late teens, possibly. Uh, he was not the same as Kid Thomas Valentine, the trumpet player who came to be known uh, through the New Orleans revival in the 50s and 60s. Um, I don't believe they were even related, but uh, very good banjo player. Then we went out to uh, 1928, March 28th, for Columbia. All these recordings were for Columbia, by the way. And we heard somewhat the same band, but with Charlie Lawrence and Les Height on clarinets and altos. And one of the two of them also plays bass sax uh, on Between You and Me and the Deep Blue Sea, which was the third number, actually the fourth number we heard in that set. We started out with the Blue Blower's Blues, a nice moody performance that, as I said, you can hear on soundtracks to several of the films that the Mosby Band appeared in in this period. Um, credited to Curtis Mosby. We also heard some nice violin, uh, violin and guitar in there. Don't know who the violin is, and the guitar player might have been Andy Iona playing steel guitar, although he wasn't doing... Too much in the way of slide effects, which uh, he did in his Hawaiian uh, group, certainly, but uh, intriguing to think he might have been doing some straight jazz guitar there. Also, Walter Johnson on piano, Fred Vaughn on banjo, and an unknown tuba player. And that unknown tuba player is quite a quite a musician, um, as we heard on Blue Blower's Blues. Also heard him on Hardy Stop, composed by trombonist Ashford Hardy, featuring him. And then we jump to January of 1929, and the last session this band made... Uh, Country Allen replaces Hardy on trombone. And we heard, as I said, between you and me and the Deep Blue Sea, some vocalist in there, probably somebody uh, from the band. We don't know who, but uh, kind of a straight Tin Pan Alley type of tune by the Renee brothers. And we finished up with Louisiana Bobo, kind of an interesting tune that's credited to Ted Nixon. And Teddy Nixon was a trombone player with Fletcher Henderson in the very early 20s, an African-American player. And it may have been the same person who composed this. This was a tune that was recorded... Um, by uh, several groups nobody especially famous i guess uh, although it was done in a trumpet solo version by the white uh, virtuoso b.a rolf so kind of an interesting sidelight there this is not the same tune as georgia bobo which Louis armstrong recorded so i hope you've enjoyed this program of curtis mosby and his dixieland blue blowers with a little sidelight out for henry starr the very fine piano player all these recordings were made in uh los angeles most of them for columbia uh three of the four uh, henry star solos were done for flexo and uh of course we had the unissued test pressing of riverboat shuffle and all night blues were probably just a, a vanity pressing for mosby and his musicians uh, good that one of the at least one copy survived so you've been listening to the jazz focus my name is john clark thank you for joining us if you'd like to Uh, support us and sponsor us, you know how to do that. Hit us up on that little button somewhere on your browser. Our home is on Anchor.fm. We can be here on Spotify and Apple. And hope you're enjoying these programs as we go. We have lots more to come. And I will see you
2: on the other side.